Legal Monday on the Viewpoint with Songezo Mabete. I'm standing in for Songezo. It's Bertha Charuma. So hashtag Legal Monday, harboring criminals, harboring illegal immigrants. What could be the legal implication harboring criminals? So think about this. Here you have a family member. You have an aunt, maybe a mom, maybe a brother, a sister, a cousin, whoever. They have done something very illegal. The police are looking for this particular individual and you harbor them. You keep them in your house. Would you go and report them to the police? And if yes, okay. If no, why? Quite an interesting setup. Because if it is your son or your father who comes to you and, and explains and says, look, th- this is what I've done, but I, I need a, a safe place to hide. And you are the daughter. Do you then call the police on your father? It's it's a catch-22 situation. But anyway, I do have um, our criminal lawyer online. I've got Ian Alice, criminal lawyer, joining us. Good evening and a warm welcome to The Viewpoint. Good evening to the listeners as well. This subject matter is a very, very tricky one. I want to give my opinion, but I want to keep my opinion at the same time because I may just be judged. So I'm going to keep it to myself for a while. So in the instance that you have a family member that is being looked for by the police because they have been in a, you know, they've been, they've done something illegal. What are the implications if I am found to be harboring this particular individual? Are there any implications at all? Okay, the first point to start off with is that we must actually, and this is for the listeners as well, understanding the distinction between harboring a fugitive or a person who is who is wanted by the authorities for criminal aspects and from harboring an illegal immigrant, if one can say because they're actually very, very different aspects. Mm-hmm. But let us deal with the aspects first with regards to the illegal, to the fugitive from justice. Mm-hmm. I think, if anything, we've learned from that trouble-based matter, and that is, be careful who you choose to protect. It may actually come back to bite you a lot later. Is Obviously, there's criminal sanctions for, in terms of criminal procedure, act for harboring a fugitive and harboring a person who is a fugitive from the law. And there's also the other charges that might stem from it, which are defeating the ends of justice, which could end up causing anything that, if you're found guilty, could be anything from a fine all the way to you being imprisoned yourself. Ian? Hello. Oh, okay. There you are. You had disappeared there for a second. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, what part did uh, What part did, did you hear? Did you hear? Um, did you? Did I? Did I get that off? I think you were just, uh, you know, explaining the difference between harboring someone who's being looked for by the police and harboring somebody who's just committed a crime but is not being looked for by the police. Okay. Is now number one for you to be harboring fugitive, they actually have to be either escaped from uh, the correctional services facility or subject to a warrant of arrest. So 
So that's what makes a person a fugitive of justice. If somebody might hear that there might be criminal charges aiding against them in the future, they are not a fugitive from justice. You are not going to be caught or, or, or held or, or, or prosecuted. However, if the person has got a warrant out or they've escaped from a correctional services facility, you can be charged with harboring a fugitive as well as defeating the ends of justice. It can be subject to a, to a fine all the way up to imprisonment. So, you, so the person harboring can be in equally in the same amount of trouble as the fugitive himself. Yeah. I've just got a text here that says a person who harbors a who harbors a criminal is then part of the criminal action aiding and um, abetting crime and defeating the ends of justice. And then another one says, no, I will not do it. Um, at the police are corrupt and so is the entire system. If it's not murder or theft, then no. If Oscar Pistorius can be treated like a royalty in jail, what will happen to the Ones with no money, they will suffer. I will not let my family go to jail, period. Whoa, okay. That's that's quite a stand. Um, that's a very firm stand. The problem is that if that person gets caught, that person's going to jail. They may well end up finding themselves on the on the other side on the other side of the prison cells, and that's the thing. Is as the first person said, and I also indicated that, is it's not just harboring a, a, a fugitive or aiding a fugitive. It's also the aspect of defeating the ends of justice, which in itself can, in fact, go ahead and warrant a, 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 a criminal a prison sentence. Oh, my my line is really trying to play games with me, and I'm I'm enjoying the conversation. But we're talking about um, on this legal Monday harboring criminals, harboring illegal immigrants, and these are two different, um, um, you know, two different issues altogether, and they will be treated very differently in a court of law. So he, I like the fact that um, Ian um, highlighted one aspect when he said. When you harbor a convict, so somebody who's already been charged and maybe uh, they are being looked for by the police, they broke out of prison and you keep them, you will be liable. You, you could actually end up going to prison. And there's a difference between harboring that particular individual and harboring a person that has committed a crime but is not yet charged or being looked for by the police different story and then we've got another section of the conversation where we are also going to talk about illegal immigrants ian you're back yes i am i, oh. hope, I hope it's clear in the start much better by far <laughs> okay as i was actually saying and i think the best way if we could say we've learned anything from the table best uh, um matter is be careful on your actions you might end up serving the same time as your co as your co-accused and that is for harboring not only is aiding and abetting in the and the harboring of a few of a fugitive illegal and can generate and will and will get you prosecuted there's also the secondary aspect of defeating the ends of justice which means that there's a very good chance that you that the person harboring the fugitive is also likely to end up with a prison sentence in their own right. Mm, mm. And then in, in, in just let's separate the issues for a second. 
Let's talk about illegal immigrants then. Would you like? Can very, you elaborate? Very different. It's a very different distinction. That's why I wanted to actually start off with is very your harboring of fugitives is governed specifically by your Criminal Procedure Act. But the harboring of fugitives is also determined by aspects of the Immigration Act. And there's a and where that becomes very, very distinct, uh, distinct, it also goes further, not just for harboring, but also employing illegal immigrants into uh, as employees. And what makes a person an illegal immigrant is the fact that they are in the country illegally in the absence of papers, and they are not given any form of validation in the form of, for example, an asylum uh, as asylum seekers or any other basis for them to be allowed to stay in the country. So when we're talking about illegal immigrants, we're talking about people who do not have a passport, are not here on a visa, and are not here as asylum seekers uh, for protection because of, because of being in war-torn states. So that is one of the first distinctions that must be made. Mm-hmm. What about in the instance where they, they, they crossed the border properly with a passport, the whole works, they were registered, and then they overstayed? They've outlived their welcome. Yeah. That is all, that is very much a criminal offence because they are then, once that visa expires, and that's why I said it's got to be subject to a visa. Once that visa expires, you're here illegally, you must be, that person must be deported and can be charged criminally for for the contravention of the Immigration Act. But otherwise, their main thing will be that they need to be deported and anybody who's actually... Um, then court harboring them or employing them will be subject to a fine, to a fine possible prosecution. I've got a, a let me go to the um, voice, not voice note, it is a text, um, a WhatsApp text. This says, on topic of crim- criminals, family members should be made to feed and clothe inmates. It's not fair that law-abiding taxpayers have to support and sustain prisoners serving time okay that's a different angle altogether so for instance you 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 spoke about an illegal immigrant uh deport deportation you look you know can be inevitable if you've overstayed your welcome now in terms of uh, if you're being charged after overstaying your welcome what are the charges like what they'll basically do is uh, you'll get charged of co- with contravention of the Immigration Act. You'll have to pay a fine, and thereafter you'll be should be immediately deported back to whichever uh, back to whichever you, is your country of origin. So that is the way it actually uh, it actually works. But mainly they'll go ahead and have you pay a fine, and if you don't have the money to pay the fine, well, I've heard of people basically just being deported and flown back. Uh, with all their belongings and whatever other belongings go along with them back to their country of origin. It's uh, uh, different authorities I have seen implemented differently from the courts as well as just from the deportation centres. Sometimes with the deportation centres, they're so quick just to get rid of the people that they'll just deport them, no fire, just get them on a plane and get them out of the country. That's it. Where it is more from a person overstaying their welcome and then going to the airport to our Tambo and they're found by customs, they will be charged with contravention of the Immigration Act. 
um, take a charge in prison, pay a fine, and then they will be released and deported immediately back to their country of our country of birth. Just stay on the line for me. We need to take a small break, and of course, uh, letting uh, our listeners know that we're talking about harboring criminals and also illegal immigrations, uh, immigrants, illegal immigrants. What are the implications? Uh, when we get back, we continue with our conversation. I'm speaking to Ian Alice, criminal lawyer. We'll be back. Seven minutes uh, just before ten. And we're talking about harboring criminals and illegal immigrants. And I'm speaking to um, our criminal lawyer, that's Ian um, Alice. And just to break it down, in case, you know, you are in that situation where you're harboring some, someone, maybe it's about time you start thinking 10 times. But if it is my father, I'm not so sure the stance I will take. Um, just um, a, a WhatsApp note that says, in terms of illegal immigrants, those are the same people government support to start businesses in South Africa. Okay, that's uh, awkward. And are very strict to the South African citizens. Either we, we too, what or too black or doesn't fit the BEE profile at all. So it really boils down to corruption. Okay, um, it took a turn there. But coming back to you, Ian, um, most probably what I should be asking is we've we've identified the differences of harboring yes. someone who's committed a crime and being who is being looked for by the police and somebody who's committed a crime but has not yet been identified by the police or has been charged and then an immigrant um, and a person that's harm, harboring uh, that particular immigrant and the liabilities uh, that comes with that particular situation. So let's say, for instance, I'm harboring an immigrant. I'm keeping mm -hmm. an immigrant and this immigrant, uh, I have given them, I'm running a small business of sorts. Yeah. Hypothetically, Correct. I'm renting out property. I'm renting out. The immigrant stays in my back room. The money that they give me is the money that's supporting my family and that's the money that's yes. feeding my family. In that situation, would you then blame the person that's keeping that immigrant who's literally giving him a little bit of that bit of money to sustain their livelihood? Ian? Yes. Mm. So, it's, that's a very, very tough question from an emotional point of view. But from a legal point of view, it's it's pretty clear cut. The fact is, if you if you're just renting a person at an arm's length transaction and you do not know that they are an illegal immigrant, and you genuinely lack the knowledge that you're renting somebody a room, you can't be charged with harboring a criminal with harboring an illegal immigrant. But at the same time, is you would be expected to. Have, to, have known uh, to have taken a copy of the person's ID, gotten the necessary uh, the necessary um, documentation. So the absence of that documentation can infer liability on you, and that's when you can be charged with your contravention, even though it could be an innocent aspect. Um, so the risk. Even though that person is bringing in an income that feeds your family, your risk going forward can be far higher than what you're going to be than what that amount is, just by virtue of the fines that may, in actual fact, be granted uh, be granted um, through the courts as well as th as well as through the, uh, the, the the government departments. 
So the problem is it's not financially worth it, and that's why they've made it so uninviting to rent to immigrants, to employ immigrants. If you take a look from the Department of Labor, they check very carefully also whether or not you're having illegal undocumented immigrants because then you face a massive massive fine from the Department of Labor. So So the laws are done intentionally to make it uninviting for that purpose. Mm. So in, in the case where you are almost like an accomplice of sorts, so you are keeping a weapon that was used in a robbery or mm-hmm. you are keeping goods that have been stolen, what could happen off, to you? Off the cuff, I can tell you, it's, it's in, 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 in case law, it's very clear. That's defeating the ends of justice because you're withholding material evidence to an investigation into a crime. So you are going to get charged. You, they may actually, depending... And the, and the National Prosecuting Authority has got a right to escalate those charges. So say, for example, you are hiding the gun that's used in a robbery. Technically, nothing stops them from charging you as an accessory to that robbery if they have got proof that, you're, that you've got the gun. Because realistically, you might have just been held, holding it innocently because you might not know, alternatively know exactly what the charges were and you're assisting them in the, in the action at hand. So the, the right of the state is to go ahead and escalate, to escalate those charges to a higher degree. Well, this is quite, uh, you know, it's it's a complicated um, sh- situation, especially where family is concerned. But I suppose it's Precisely. about it's about your integrity. It's about you know you weigh your losses, your gains, and your and your losses, and and you see where then you fit in. But Ian, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, I'm just, it was a pleasure. I'm just looking at my time here. Yeah, it's like a few seconds just before ten. Thank you so much, and have yourself a pleasant evening.